Language Talk is a series of podcasts of interest to Kentucky World Language Association members seeking information about important events, initiatives, and professional development opportunities. Each month, we will be talking with people in the know about world languages from across the state. Topics range from collaboration to the program review, from ACTFL news to interviews with master teachers. Language Talk is produced monthly by the Kentucky World Language Association Board and the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Kentucky. Welcome to Language Talk KWLA. This is your host, Laura Roche Youngworth, and today's topic is news and updates for the 2015-16 school year. As we begin our second year podcast, the collaborative effort between the University of Kentucky and the Kentucky World Language Association continues to support the interchange of relevant information for Kentucky's world language educators. This year, we're excited to offer more podcasts to the lineup, including current world language research, updates on the world language program review provided by KDE, discussions of specialty language programs such as dual credit, immersion, and FLESS, and today's segment, news and updates. Joining me are two members of the executive board of KWLA, President Sarah Meredith and President-elect Lucas Gravitt. Welcome, Sarah and Lucas. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Laura. Thanks for being here today to share with KWLA members what this year has in store. I know that emails, our website, social media are often used to communicate with our members, but we're hopeful this podcast will give them more details and let you all kind of share things you haven't been able to share through those ways. And let's just get started with a basic overview of KWLA. So can you share roughly how many members are there, what is its mission, and what benefits or amenities does a KWLA membership offer? Absolutely, I'll take that one. There are roughly 420 members of the Kentucky World Language Association made up of teachers from every language represented in Kentucky. We even have some members that are from outside of the state of Kentucky because they're interested in what we're doing. The entire purpose of KWLA is to be a network of individuals who are there to support and promote and advocate teaching and learning in a variety of world languages and cultures. We also happen to be a clearinghouse for data and research that's relevant to effective programs and practices in the learning and teaching of world languages and cultures. And we see ourselves as a provider of PD for all levels of world language and culture teachers from the P to 16 levels. Wonderful. When you said 420 <coughs> roughly members, is that, uh, what grade levels would that represent? That represents everyone from current students at universities that are studying to be world language teachers, as well as anyone who teaches in the elementary, middle, secondary, and post-secondary levels of world language teaching. Okay, so it's what, K through 16 then, right? It is. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's tackle different things, amenities, benefits that KWLA has. Let's just kind of do it one at a time. So let's start with the upcoming KWLA conference. When and where is it? Yes, the uh, annual KWLA Fall Conference is going to be held Thursday through Saturday, September 24th through 26th at the Triple Crown Pavilion Conference Center, which is adjacent to the Ramada Plaza Hotel in Louisville. Louisville. Uh, why Louisville? That's a change from the past. That is. For the last eight years, um, the KWLA Fall Conference has been at home in Lexington. Uh, prior to that, it was in Louisville for many years, and we are headed back to Louisville due to some schedule conflicts going on in Lexington uh, this coming September and October. There's there's a lot happening in Lexington, so Louisville was our, our next option for a venue that's large enough to host our conference. 
Okay. Well, it probably will turn out to be a good thing. It's nice to <laughs> kind of reach different areas and, and let the home base be different once in a while. What is the overall format of the conference? Uh, the conference format is very similar to what it's been in the past. We will start Thursday evening. Our registration will start Thursday the 24th. It'll open from 5 to 7.30 p.m. We'll have a series of workshops going on that evening, including the new teacher workshop for anyone new into the field of teaching or uh, into the first couple years of teaching. And that will be presented by our teacher of the year and our new teacher of the year, Miko Momozono and Rebecca Heineke. Uh, that will be followed by a reception Friday. The registration desk opens at 8 a.m. And we have 52 sessions this year. Wow. <clears throat> 52 sessions and seven different workshops at this point offered all day Friday and all day Saturday. Wonderful. <clears throat> Are there any keynote speakers or sessions or workshops that you kind of want to highlight or point out? I'm so, so, so excited to let everyone know that the ACTFL Teacher of the Year, Nicole Naditz, will actually be in Kentucky, and she's going to be our keynote speaker as well as our uh, feature presenter as well. She's giving a, our, the keynote on Friday, she's giving a Friday afternoon workshop, and she's giving a session on Saturday morning. So um, we're real excited to hear from yeah. one of the best. That is exciting. <laughs> will there be a session for non-world language educators offered, maybe for administrators? There, there will be, actually. Um, Thursday afternoon, we don't have the time exactly set yet. We're waiting on uh, a few schedule questions, but we are going to be excited to have the sister cities of Louisville um, that will be joining us, World Affairs Council and the World Trade Center, uh, to participate in a, a plenary discussion with administrators, mostly all school principals, superintendents, district administrators, and teachers, of course, are welcome to attend that as well. But uh, really, this is targeted toward administrators. And there will be some educators there in case uh, administrators have specific questions about program review or something like that? Absolutely. Okay. Our uh, Jefferson County liaison to the board, Jackie Van Houten, uh, will be there. Sarah and myself will be there. Uh, so some from the KWLA board as well as uh, other educators in Kentucky. Um, and we also hope, of course, the Kentucky Department of Education is, is represented so that they can ask questions of us uh, after, the, after the session. So it will be well worth their time to <clears throat> come in for It will be. And that. the best part for our administrators, it, that session is offered at no cost to them. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Is there any other little bits of info you want to share with conference attendees, maybe the hotel registration deadlines? Um, the hotel, of course, is at the, the Ramada Plaza. Um, the deadline to register for conference and to reserve a room is September 11. So you will need to uh, go ahead and go to kwla.org and you can click our 2015 conference page. That will take you to the link to register. Also, there are session and workshop descriptions and Hopefully, I'm going to have the uh, schedule up of what's being presented when. Uh, and we're really excited. Actually, the hotel rate is down this year. We're at $79.95 per night. That so is I cheap. know that, that's really going to help teachers um, mm -hmm. and really going to help hopefully bring more people into our conference with this uh, lower rate and, and some other uh, amenities and perks along the way. Well, I know the amount of work that the two of you put in is outrageous if people aren't aware of that. And I want to thank you both for that. <laughs> And I do know that for me going, it's the highlight of my school year. I look forward to it. I have since I was a senior at UK, so this will be 24th conference. I think I've missed two. And I do want to encourage any listener, if you've never gone, you need to go. There's no other conference in the state for world language educators. And if you haven't gone for a couple years, you need to go. Find the PD money scrounge it up, shake your principal down, say, hey, I need funds to go, because it is so valuable, especially with program review and the new initiatives happening. It's the best place to go and just network with others and, and talk this through. 
Well, let's change gears a little bit and talk about the showcase, the World Language Showcase. Can you first explain what is it? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the KWLA World Language Showcase is a network, used to be a network of statewide events where we would host regionals and then students could go on to a state competition um, where we now hold it just solely as a state competition. Um, that really is there to both showcase a student's ability in the communicative and intercultural competencies, but also to certify them. Because we do provide students with a rating of proficiency at the conclusion of the showcase that they can then use on their resumes uh, when they're looking at colleges, et cetera. One thing that we do for students is anyone who has a novice mid or higher rating is eligible to compete. Now, in order to determine what their rating is to begin with, the teacher has to be trained in how to look at the three modes, interpersonal, interpretive, and presentational. And what we have the teachers do and the students do is we have the students create a, a project that could be you know, uh, a music piece that they want to do. It could be a painting. It could be a puzzle, uh, something that shows their creative skills. And then they will present that to their, um, to their teacher. And what they then will do is also do have a prompt where they answer a question to show the interpretive mode as well. What, what then happens is if they achieve, um, I, I misspoke, I said novice mid, if they achieve a novice high level of proficiency um, in their classroom, the teacher is then eligible to put them into the state competition. When they reach the state competition, which is typically held at a college campus here in Kentucky, um, just to give those students the opportunity to experience what a weekend on a college campus might actually be like for a, a student, um, they get to the competition and they are assigned into an area, whether that's that they're going to be presenting right away or they might be taking an interpretive reading and listening test or they might be taking um, a cultural class, what they do is they, they go to the competition just really in an effort to showcase what they can do with their language. So for instance, let's say I made a painting of the Eiffel Tower and um, I, I then go to the showcase and I'm first up in presentational. So a judge comes to me and stands at my table with me and listens to me present all about my piece. Um, what inspired me, why I chose it, um, et cetera. Then they ask me questions, which actually gets into my interpersonal mode, mm -hmm. because I have no idea what kind of questions this judge is gonna come up right. with. I may have practiced with my teacher before I came, but my teacher's not the one who's evaluating me at the moment. I then will take an interpretive reading and listening test, and of those three scores, that I receive, those students that are in, for instance, the top five to 10 scores in that language go on to compete in a final round to see who are the top speakers in the state in their language. Um, I also could be taking, for instance, a Chinese zither class or a calligraphy class, a German fairy tales class, Spanish dominoes, anything that shows me about the different <laughs> cultural areas that I may not be aware of. That's pretty cool. So just to clarify, there's no regional competition. There's no regional level. There's right? no regional level anymore. Okay. The regional level is done within the classroom. And the state level is all one day? All one day. Okay. We usually start around 8 a.m. and are done typically between 3.30 and 4 o'clock. And you mentioned that teachers would need to have some proficiency training. What would count for that? 
Well, the great thing is that we've taken into account here at KWLA what that proficiency training could be. It could be that you were lucky enough to receive some MOPI or OPI training in the past, and that obviously, if it's done within the last two years, counts as your proficiency training. But we also offer webinars and uh, local proficiency training seminars uh, available at a low cost to KWLA members in which they could receive their proficiency training. Okay, great. And when might members start to hear news about Showcase? When will they see the emails and so on? Well, they'll definitely hear about Showcase at the conference um, because we will have a session about Showcase. But you'll see a lot more emails starting to come out sometime in early January. Okay. Well, switching gears again, let's go into professional development, and that's an area that I know I just am very passionate about, and KWLA has worked very hard to expand what the members, the opportunities we are giving to the members regarding professional development. And last year, thanks to some very dedicated members, we were able to offer a PD on language proficiency, and the regional reps then facilitated those throughout the state. And how did that turn out? I think that turned out incredibly well. We had just shy of 100 teachers participate in these trainings across the state. Most of them were a few hours of training. Uh, it, of course, uh, enabled the teachers to interact with each other and interact with the regional rep. They could come up with questions. They could also submit the questions to an on-call board member who was uh, working with the, the PD committee um, so they could get answers right away. And uh, it, it really provided them with a great opportunity to not only network, but to also um, become familiarized with proficiency. And if someone missed those regional um, PDs, we have converted it to webinar, thanks to Jillian Likens and Ben McMain. Where are we in the process of that, of offering it to members as a webinar? Right. Uh, it has been converted, yes. We're currently working on um, designing a system through our website where members can purchase and download the webinar to watch at home. We're currently waiting for that, Laura. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's in the works. It's currently in the works, okay. and, and hopefully within the next few weeks, um, Definitely before conference, it will be uh, it will be going. Do you have a rough idea of cost? Do I have a rough idea of cost? Woo, she's put me on the spot now. <laughs> uh, I think for members, the cost will be around twenty dollars. Okay. Uh, I don't foresee it being more than that. So. Um, that, that will really be a, a low right. cost for, for teachers, and um, we hope that it, it makes it available to more people. I, I think it's a wonderful price. Um, we are already beginning discussions for the Winter PD offering. That one will be in a webinar format, and I think it might be focusing on assessments. So how do you actually take this knowledge of proficiency-based teaching and create assessments that complement that? And in uh, next spring, we will be having again another uh, session on uh, some other topic we're still determining that that the regional reps will be facilitating so if members want to become involved in this process whether it be helping to create these PDs or um, giving ideas or just support how can they go about that an easy way to do that is to go onto our website at www.kwla.org and under the about us tab there is a link for committees and if you look, there's a lovely picture of our podcast host, Laura Roche Youngworth, who is the professional development co-chair. And you can click on the link right under her name and you can um, send her an email directly that says, hey, I'd like to get involved with the professional development committee. In fact, if you'd like to get involved in any of our committees, that's the easiest way to do it. 
Okay, that seems pretty easy. <laughs> um, our last topic is advocacy and mm -hmm. what KWLA does to support and promote the studying of world languages. And Sarah and Lucas, again, I have to stress the amount of time that the two of you put in behind the scenes that so many people are not aware of. And advocacy is a huge area that you two, I think, are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it seems last year was filled with numerous events. Was there a moment that stood out for each of you and what role did KWLA have in it? Well, definitely for me, the biggest moment uh, with regard to advocacy was um, Senate Bill 16, which was making its way through the uh, Kentucky uh, legislature. Um, and for those unfamiliar with Senate Bill 16, this was the bill to allow computer programming to be considered a foreign language or a world language in Kentucky, which would count toward graduation requirements, pre-college entrance uh, curriculum entrance uh, for entry into college. Um, and we all in the world language world as well as in the computer and science and technology and mathematics world thought that this was not a good idea um, so every senate education committee kwla was there we had students we had parents we had teachers with us we had board members we signed up to speak every session um, and we really got to the point where we knew the senators and they knew <laughs> us <laughs> and we were actually able to engage in conversation with them uh, on a uh, very easy level, uh, so I thought, and made it to the point where they realized that they were making a mistake. And before they voted to uh, pass this, they changed the wording to a point where it was um, better for students in Kentucky. So it oh, really made computer programming its, its own thing and does, didn't, uh, didn't really affect world languages at that point. So, And Sarah? Um, I'd say for me it was actually my participation in LIL, which is the Leadership Institute for Language Learning, which was a week-long institute where you had leaders from state organizations and national organizations across the country, as well as regular classroom teachers that were passionate about languages get together to talk about how we can further the study of languages and how we create our programs and keep our programs fresh, all while engaging the students in a higher level of proficiency not at a higher level of grammar retention. Hmm. And what plans do you all have for this upcoming year regarding <laughs> advocacy? There's lots coming up. Um, I'm very excited to take what I learned at Lil and put those into um, webinars and podcasts for our listeners and, and our KWA members <laughs> um, to talk about the core practices, what's at the heart of language teaching and learning and how we can express that to our students and get them passionate about it. Because if we don't keep them passionate, we don't have jobs anymore. Lucas? Um, one of the things that I'm always uh, keeping an eye out for, monitoring social media, monitoring the, the happenings in the state, particularly in the state government, um, and also local governments and school boards, um, we really just have to continue being mindful and, and be looking out for what's going on and, and be ready to act anytime. Um, we know also that KWLA is going to be working over the next couple of months to develop an emergency advocacy kit uh, for programs that perhaps are in need or you have um, particular, particular districts that are maybe looking to expand world language offerings and other districts that are looking to uh, take away some of those offerings. But uh, we really want to be there and be helpful. So of course, if anyone right. has any, uh, any need, please feel free to contact us and we will do whatever we can to uh, to assist with that. Well, Sarah and Lucas, it's been a pleasure talking with you both and hearing what's in store for this coming up year. I know that you care deeply about KWLA and that you've poured your hearts and souls into this organization. I want to thank you for that. If listeners have any questions or would like more information 
about something we've discussed, how can they contact you? The easiest way to contact um, both of us, really, uh, is to send an email to info at kwla.org. And one of the two of us can be fairly quick about responding to those emails. Um, sometimes we respond simultaneously, <laughs> if you're lucky enough. Um, and sometimes it's word for word. <laughs> almost exactly. So info at kwla.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It is now time for polyglotting news. Bringing you the university and college updates is Jean-Marie Rouillet-Willoughby from UK. Thanks, Laura. The Passport to the World program at the University of Kentucky enables the College of Arts and Sciences to embark on year-long explorations of the culture of a region or country. The program engages the community in crucial global conversations through public lectures and cultural events, coursework and travel opportunities. After past programs with South Africa, China, Russia's realms, Mexico, and the Middle East, AMS is shifting its focus to Europe for the 2015-16 academic year. The event kickoff for the Year of Europe will be on September 3rd from 12 to 2 o'clock on the Memorial Hall lawn. The event, like all Year of Europe events, is open to the public and there will be information on the year's plans, food samples, t-shirt giveaways, and music. UK is renowned for its study of the classical languages and its innovative approach to active Latin. At the University of Kentucky, we study the entire tradition of Latin from ancient to modern times and do so in the target language of Latin. This year marks the 20th anniversary of our annual Summer Immersion Latin Seminar. Students studying Latin participate in Latin conversation hours, Latin lunches, and other activities. This is especially important in the year of Europe because Latin is, of course, the cross-cultural European language and a valuable stepping stone to other European languages such as French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, and Romanian. Speaking of Romanian, the year of Europe will feature one interesting event focusing on World War I. On August, October 8th, Starting at 6 p.m., Dr. Maria Butzer-Deckard from Indiana University will give a lecture, Invisible Heroes, Women in World War I, The Case of Romania, which will be followed by a screening of the 1994 film, An Unforgettable Summer. Also for the Year of Europe, we're planning a series of exciting events commemorating 25 years of German unity with the support of the German consulate in the United States, exploring the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89 and German reunification in 1990. More details on all events for the Year of Europe will be available later this month at passport.as.uky.edu. In news farther afield outside of UK, Gateway Community and Technical College has a new Spanish pathway to Northern Kentucky University. This pathway will strengthen the Spanish language program between the two institutions as Gateway students will be able to take several of their language and general education classes at Gateway and transfer them into a minor, minor or major at NKU. You can get more information from Professor Faris da Silva, Ferris.dasilva at kctcs.edu. And that's the polyglotting news, Nora. That is a lot going on, so thank you so much. Sure. Finally, it's time for our pedagogical corner, a moment where we can share an instructional practice, a teaching tip or resource that we think others might find useful. And thank you, Jean-Marie, Lucas, and Sarah for joining in with me on this and sharing something in a moment. I'll get started. Um, I always like to, especially with student teachers, I always tell them to focus in on uh, core, 
core values. So choose a couple core values that are going to be the base of your instructional practices and kind of make all your decisions using those and focusing on those. For example, with my middle school students, I want them to learn to be self-sufficient. And I even did that with high school as well. And so when a student is absent for me, I have a system set up where the student goes over, they see a calendar on a wall that has in very simple words what they missed the day prior or whatever day that week. They gather needed materials right there that are on little black shelves. They have to then go to a peer that they trust, discuss what they saw on the calendar, what they grabbed, and have that peer kind of teach them and coach them through what we did the day prior and then they finally come to me. So by the time they come to me, they should know everything they've missed and they were self-sufficient. And for me, it takes about two minutes a day to set all that up. And I only have to talk to the kid for about 15 seconds, where if I didn't have this, I'd be talking to the kids for quite a while at the start or end of class. So it's good, it's a win-win. It's good for me, it's good for the kids. Lucas, is there something you wanna share? Yes, um, this summer while I was studying at the Goethe Institute in Berlin, Germany, our teacher really focused on questioning and the importance of questioning. And I was reflecting a bit on this and already we've started school already, which some of you haven't, I understand, <laughs> but um, I've really been working on questioning techniques with my students and not just simple question words, but going a little bit deeper. Um, so instead of warum in German, it might be a wieso or a Westwegen. I'm gonna expand that a little bit to get a little bit more uh, language production out of the students with a little bit more meaning behind that. So I uh, just encourage everyone to think about questioning techniques that you're using in your classroom. And that's great because for those of you in public school, we mm -hmm. all know questioning is something that they are looking for for us. Yes. And so good mm -hmm. tip. Sarah, something you wanna share? Absolutely. Um, one of the things I took away from the Lill Institute in July was the idea of I needed to focus more myself on interpersonal skills with my students, interpersonal mode. And so instead of worrying about how to do that every single day and making sure that I hit the interpersonal mode and evaluate every single student in every level, they came up, we came up with a, a system that actually existed that I didn't know was there called the talk system. And what you do is you assign um, each student a basic letter of talk, T-A-L or K, uh, during that class. And T stands for talking in the target language. Is the student talking in the target language? Are they trying to communicate? And is their talk task relevant? Okay. The A stands for accuracy. Is the student performing at an acceptable level of accuracy? And that's up to the teacher to decide what that acceptable level of accuracy is for that level. And then is the student demonstrating the lesson objective? The L is listening. Is the student on task? Are they listening to their partner? Did they listen to the instructions that were given? And the K is for kindness. Is the student kind and cooperative? Is the student working with his or her group? Or is the student killing the activity by not cooperating? <laughs> so it's kind of a That's dual important. K. Uh -huh. um, and what you do is you decide, maybe today I'm gonna look for the accuracy. And as they're doing their interpersonal activity, walk around the room and very quickly check off with either a plus, a check, or a minus. A plus, excellent. A check, yeah, it's good to fair. A minus needs work. And you assign a point value for that. And on the scale, if you assigned two points for a check and they got two in all four of the realms, they just got an A because they got an eight out of eight. But it's an effective way to get an interpersonal feedback quickly on each student 
but you don't have to do all four of them in the same class period. Mm -hmm. So you can take a week to do it, and it's okay. And that's wonderful what you just said. <laughs> it's okay because so many teachers think they have to do it all at once. Right. And it's a little bit overwhelming. Finally, Jean Marie, something you want to share? Sure. Um, when we're talking about core practices and uh, facing the challenges of proficiency and cultural competence in our classrooms, one of the things we're always striving to do is find engaging ways to get students interested in the material and actually producing language. So I've had a lot of success recently using tongue twisters. They have obvious benefits like improving pronunciation, they can improve reading if you use them instead in listening form or listening skills if you use them in oral form. Students can even create their own to practice writing and enhance vocabulary learning and of course grammar and context and teach fellow students their own tongue twisters to foster a classroom culture. Like children's rhymes, songs and jokes, this technique is a fun way to get students engaged with culture and meshes with our goal to make them functioning cultural citizens in their language. When you just said have them write their own, I've never thought of that. That's mm -hmm. a really yeah. high level skill. Yeah. Great idea. Well, this wraps up our podcast on news and updates for the 2015-16 school year. I wish to thank our guests, Sarah Meredith and Lucas Gravitt, for joining us. Thank you. And you're welcome. And Jean-Marie Rudier-Willoughby and the University of Kentucky for providing the location and broadcasting of our podcast. This is Laura Rochelle-Youngworth for Language Talk, KWLA, Bonne rentrée, and keep up the great teaching.